and welcome to the Arrow Video Podcast with Sam and Dan. My name's Dan Martin, special effects artist and podcaster, and I'm joined as ever by my lovely co-host... Sam Ashurst. I'm a writer, I'm a director, and I'm here this fortnight to talk about Death Screams, which was my choice, but I hadn't seen it. (laughs) If you'd listen to the end of our June episode, then you'll be aware that Dan hasn't seen it either. So, yeah, this is going to be an interesting one. I don't think we're going to have too much of our our background with it because it would literally just be talking about a few days ago so uh, why don't we go straight into the plot dan what is the plot of death screams <laughs> i mean that is a tall order i have more insight into the plot perhaps than i did when i watched the film because it is to some degree explained in the extra features but as it occurs in the actual film as you watch it uh, there are some quote-unquote teenagers And there are some quote-unquote murders. And that's kind of it. There's a twist. There's sort of a twist. Oh, no. I mean, didn't you see that coming? (laughs) Well, again, if you go to the extras, they talk about, the writer particularly, talks about it being seeded in the explanation. I I must say, I think I prefer the director's explanation. In the audio comment, uh, the producers, sorry, the producers explanation in the audio comment. I mean, obviously we can't go into any of that because this is going to be a very underseen uh, movie, especially if both of us hadn't seen it going into this. I can't think we can expect the majority of the Arrowheads to have already seen it unless they've picked up Arrow's release. And I guess that's one thing to kind of credit Arrow for. I hadn't actually heard of Death Screams until they announced it. My wife, Shay, had... I think she's even got it on VHS, but she is a slasher genius. Um, but I'd literally never heard of, of Death Screams before this release. So it is cool that Arrow's plucked it out from relative obscurity, certainly in the UK. I had I had wondered if Shay was to some degree uh, behind the, the choosing, given that you hadn't seen it. With Death Screams, I love slashers, as you know. And yeah, yeah the idea of this slasher gem, potential gem, being released i was just the the minute it was released i saw the artwork and the title and the kind of premise and i was like yeah i definitely want to cover this one and i'm glad i did i'm glad i watched it i had loads of fun with it there's a a kind of running i don't want to say running joke there's a running (laughs) uh thing with dead bodies yeah running event and when something happened in the third act i'm going to try to really talk around this but also talk around my experience of it i literally cheered and punched the air because yeah it's just ridiculous it's it's one of those slasher movie moments that you kind of hope for a slice of stupidity that's supposed to be serious that's kind of why i watch these movies to a certain extent that and the gore but obviously you probably weren't too happy with the gore again i can't say too much here but the first murder let's talk about that because that's relatively safe because you can't really see what's happening so it's quite hard to spoil (laughs) you can't spoil it because they didn't spoil it and they have cameras (laughs) exactly this is an interesting turning of tables because as much as you said you didn't think that your lack of enjoyment on films like contamination wasn't due to the fact that you're watching them alone rather than in a, a more uh, social setting um did you watch this one with shay when you watched it i did indeed yes yeah i, I think i must make all the difference i found this stiltifyingly boring right there were a cu- there were a couple of moments all effects based and none of the effects are any good but there were a couple of effects moments that were chuckle worthy and that last death is obviously fucking hilarious but for the most part it was just like oh my god what a fucking slog 
Well, here's the thing, right? I, I think there's a chance that you're you're right there because I think this, even though, uh, as I say, Shay had heard of this movie and has it on VHS, I'm not sure if she'd seen it before. In fact, I'm pretty sure she hadn't going by the reactions that we both had. Yeah, it was one of those times where you're pointing out little details, whether it's like the sheriff's interaction with the shopkeeper we found very joyful um in the kind of opening moments and yeah there's one kind of extended death that we enjoyed on a kind of artistic level actually as opposed to kind of laughing and pointing is it one of the early double deaths it's no someone gets killed twice (laughs) it's probably the most illogical death in the the whole thing yeah it's, it's yeah. a double death i'm gonna s- there's there's it it starts at one location and then that person moves there to a second go. location to be dispatched again yes exactly by the same person by the, you know that's by I, apparently the same person well, that, that's unclear at that point yeah yeah so spoiler alert um for that <laughs> man it's hard to discuss there's, films you know like what this. there's <laughs> there's a thing there's a thing that i quite enjoyed about it and this is really reaching now but it does a lot of the killer arrives at the door just as the door is closed mm-hmm. with the machete like just missing the person going through the door and sometimes it's deliberate as in the third act when you know it's a bit more cg in its structure uh and there's a lot of machetes swiping at closing doors and and so on or early on where it's uh, the characters are oblivious to it and they're nipping inside and just happen to close the door before the machete comes down and costs them a limb or two and so yeah there was some there's some proximity directing that that's going quite well and i suspect that that is based on terrible health and safety but but that was relatively enjoyable yeah <laughs> that tiny detail yeah and there's some relatively comparatively progressive politics in here you mean the able actor playing a disabled person no uh, obviously i don't mean that but i'm talking about the attitudes to women the gender stuff like there's a lot of statements being made in the film both in terms of what people actually say but also some stuff involving the male gaze let's say without getting into the spoiler zone that i found quite interesting um, but you do raise a good point. Would you like to talk a little bit about the kind of history of ableist stuff in horror cinema and slasher cinema? Because obviously that's quite a, a rich topic of discussion. I mean, it's it's quite hard to avoid with any of these things because they almost almost entirely like to the to the last beat. I can't think of one where the antagonist isn't mentally and or physically scarred in some way. Exactly. Like, yeah everything post psycho is like i mean even you know the name psycho is is very much about uh, weaponizing uh, trauma to make someone a villain and you know obviously you buy into a certain amount of that when you watch these films we still enjoy a lot of these movies psycho is still a great film despite any problems it might have on and off set but yeah like you know it's just i think the problem is when i <laughs> when there's nothing else to pay attention to it really rings out when you've got someone doing a a pretty offensive impression of someone with learning difficulties well um we are gonna go into the spoiler zone here precious arrowheads because um i i I, I need to i need to there's something that i need to point out to dan that he may have have missed in his rage skip ahead two minutes uh and hopefully we'll have stopped talking about it but this film was interesting to me yes it is offensive that um uh, an able-bodied person is playing disabled person and it, it is very much kind of parody but 
that's another potentially progressive thing about the movie. It could go either way, depending on, on how you read it, but they are doing a misdirect there. Um, yeah, it's a red herring. It's They're a red herring. They're using the trope of They're the... using the trope, yeah. exactly. I, I don't know. I found that plot line really interesting and unusual and unique. The performance I wasn't a fan of, but at that stage, you know, in that era... It's just something that didn't really happen. You, you just didn't have disabled actors being cast in those roles. So it is kind of of its time to a certain extent. Yeah, and it doesn't... It's not like it uh, It throws that trope out of the window with the reveal either. Mm. Like if it had done that and then it was a revenge reveal, yeah. we're still in the spoiler zone, people, <laughs> uh, then then that would be one thing. But it doesn't. It just goes, oh, it's not that kid with the learning disabilities. It's this guy who has uh, a different trauma response that involves massacring women. Yeah, yeah. And occasionally men. And a more kind of a, another, I guess you'd call it a trope as well. Um, you know, it, it's something that we've seen before in other movies, even other movies that we've covered on this podcast. But, um, oh, yeah. you know, let's not go too far into that. But anyway... I think that's probably as much as we can say about this movie at this point because it is such an obscure one. But we can talk about the extras. Dan, it sounds like you went on a bit of a journey of discovery with this film, trying to... Oh, I did all. Yeah, yeah all of them. Exactly. Both commentaries, there the making of. <laughs> so what was your favourite and, and what did you learn that isn't too spoilery? Well, be- be- before we get to that, I'm just going to say that another thing that I liked was just looking through my notes is that they clearly bought their polystyrene gravestones uh, by the letter because I like one that just reads, Memory, Edwin Glasgow. There you go. I mean, what a tribute. Um, that's fun. I suspect Poor that's a, a longer and more loving tribute than you're going to give this film, Dan. But <laughs> let's hear what you thought of the extras, because there's some really good stuff in here, isn't there? Yeah, there is. Um, there are two commentaries. There's one by The Hysteria Continues, which is like, it's kind of fine. Like, they're interesting people. Uh, it Like, they're talking about a film I didn't find particularly interesting. So there wasn't a lot for me there. Um, what I did like was the other audio commentary uh, by the producer and the special effects artist because it's essentially just old men shitting on a film they half remember making (laughs) and occasionally trying to justify terrible special effects. Yeah, I mean, that commentary is worth the purchase of this film alone. It's it's pretty fucking magical. Yeah, magical is the word. It's constantly entertaining and funny and ridiculous, like... Yeah, it's in- and it feels more like a proper commentary because I love the hysteria continues. I listen to the podcast and yeah. that's what listening to this commentary felt like to me to a certain extent. It was and it felt to me, I mean, they can correct me if I'm wrong and I'm sorry if I'm wrong, but it felt like this wasn't one that they're particularly passionate about. It felt more like a job for hire as opposed to something that they really enjoy. Um, I may be well, yeah, wrong. They there. occasionally spoke like glowingly of it, mm. but for the most part, it, it felt like an episode of their otherwise very good podcast, yeah. somewhat derailed by the fact that they had to do it along with a film. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's still worth a listen for sure. But I'm starting to get, oh, yeah. I'm starting to get a little bit tired of these commentaries that feel like a podcast. It's a different art. Podcasting is a different art to audio commentary recording. I've spoken glowingly about many, many commentaries uh, that Arrow put out uh, over the past kind of few months. Like this year has been particularly rich, so that's what makes it kind of extra disappointing when there's one that, yeah, is just a bit more rambly not as focused but for fans of the podcast i think they'll really enjoy it and um yeah i'm just a a grumpy fuck so don't listen to me kids just go out and buy death screams don't even listen to dan 
um just yeah what what do i know <laughs> about uh, <laughs> slashes and special effects i don't know dan um, I like uh, so the, the special effects are done by a guy called Worth Keeter, mm-hmm. uh, and there's a bit in the making of where he's like, "And I learned special effects from Herschel Gordon Lewis." <laughs> oh well, that fucking explains everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> ah, we'll just do it with mannequins and guts. Yeah, and slices of liver, chicken liver, they, chicken chicken liver, wasn't it? Yeah. All over the fucking place. There you go. But yeah, uh, death screams, really entertaining extras, and and I do genuinely like the film i'm not sure if it would make my top 20 slashes i'm not even sure it'd make my top 50 slashes but i did have loads of fun with it and it's just structurally very different as well because it's basically (laughs) a really slow teen drama with not too much drama it's just people hanging out essentially i compared it to uh richard linklater's dazed and confused while i was watching it um that probably a little very generous little bit generous a little bit of a reach but um yeah it's it's just really interesting and then it just all kind of kicks off in the last 10 minutes you've got the murder that you sort of half can make out if you squint and every light source in your local area is completely switched off and then there's a bit of tension and then it all goes a bit mental in the last sort of 10 minutes or so so you will require patience in order to enjoy death screams. Yes, patience that Dan didn't have. So I do apologise for putting you through that. But um, I mean, I watched the film three fucking times. So <laughs> yeah, there you go. You, I think you've watched it more than the people who made it. But um, yeah, let's... yeah, I'm pretty sure it was the second time any of them had watched it when they recorded that commentary. <laughs> Amazing. I'm gonna. I'm. You know what? I am gonna touch. Like, skip ahead thirty seconds if you don't want the very end of the film ruined. But my absolute favourite moment in all of it was the producer explaining the ending on the commentary and just being like ah i guess it's because his mother was a whore (laughs) (laughs) yeah very very funny all right well let's move on to recommendations based on this movie dan what have you got for us based on death screams well, this movie was directed by David Nelson in 1981, released in 1982. But I have a different movie for, to recommend to you by a different man with the same name. It's David The Rock Nelson. Amazing. <laughs> and it's basically any of David The Rock Nelson's films. Uh, specifically, I'm mentioning Conrad Brooks' The Werewolf, his mini-feature. It's about 44 minutes long, in which he plays a cavalcade of characters uh, and his on-off girlfriend plays some of the other characters. And then there's also Conrad Brooks, who you probably won't remember from some Edward films. Um, it's absolutely appalling, but in the most charming way possible. For those of you who don't know, there's a slightly pathos-heavy uh, interview with David The Rock Nelson on Vice's Outsider channel, which is worth a look, but to be honest, I just go and dig up some of his shorts or some of his features, whatever you can find. He sells it, like sells them directly on on the internet. If you want to take a punt, um, send him a letter or an email and get one of his films. They are very, very peculiar. He is a man driven by a passion that none of us will ever understand to make monster movies and to drink cups of coffee Java. slowly in front of a camera. That's good Java. It's good Java. It's good Java. Yeah, fantastic, excellent recommendation and. Yeah, they're kind of some of them are quite lengthy movies as well, so you really do get value for money. Yeah, his features get really long. Yeah. I would say also he says werewolf instead of <laughs> werewolf in a way that I'd never heard before. But then on the audio commentary, the guys in death, the guys who made Death Screams also say werewolf. So wow. maybe it's a lo- maybe it's a regional thing, but I feel they're they're a very close knit marriage. Those two greatest double bill ever. 
if you like really, really kind of slow kind of slashes where you have a kind of scare at the front and then a lot of weird talking, then by all means, watch Girls School Screamers, um, which is available on Vinegar Syndrome, originally put out by Troma and... Yeah, have you seen Girls School Screamers, Dan? I don't think I have. I thought you were going to recommend that weird one we watched at like eight in the morning after that all-nighter. Oh, Satan's Blade. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's actually also on Arrow. And yeah, I would kind of put yeah. that alongside Death Screams because... Yeah, I'd say that's a very Death Screamsy movie. And it's it, better lit. Yeah, slightly better lit um, because, you know, the sun reflects off the snow. But yeah, it's another one where... I'm just going to... Um, recommend satan's blade now it's another one where the extras are more entertaining than the movie oh yeah magical especially yeah i mean absolutely ridiculously entertaining um yes that fucking that interview yeah the interview is just (gasps) oh yeah um i'm getting shivers remembering it yeah that fucking wide shot sam yeah exactly and and you're sure all my shit's out of shot yeah (laughs) You're sure my mountain of garbage is out of shot? Oh, it's incredible and insane and a, a, a high recommendation from both Dan and I. Um, oh, I'm not sure if we enjoyed it so much because we were delirious from staying up at the all-nighter. Absolutely. But I, suspect, I suspect that played a part. But um, yeah, um, if you can find Satan's Blade in any of the Arrow sales, I'm not sure if it's still in print, but... Um, you know, I bet it's on the streaming service. I'm sure it is. Yeah, I, I hope that the extras are as well, though, because that's part of. I mean, oh, that's yeah. an essential part of the enjoyment of that film. Yeah, I mean, you have to you have to grind through the film first <laughs> so that it makes sense. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so you can see that lingering close up of the knife with like a weird hair on it. But that is that's my first recommendation for this tell, week. Tell me more about Girls School Screamers or whatever it's called, Sam. Well, that's going to be my second recommendation now. Girls School Screamers. So basically, seven Catholic schoolgirls who are you know all in adulthood go to a fancy estate to basically make an inventory of all of the precious artifacts that are there, uh, and they're accompanied by their teacher. Uh, uh, lovely 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 nun who had never acted before this film didn't act again after it but i believe she was in her 80s and she, she a real nun she's the hook I, she's an actress um oh yeah so sorry about that dan <laughs> but um it is it is a fiction this is a inspired by true events um potentially but no it's a fiction and yeah this nun is the captivating magnetic mesmerizing element of this terrible movie it's another film where uh not much happens for a, a, a long time and then it all goes absolutely insane it is the closest thing i've seen to a fulci movie made by an american it has that level of complete absence of logic, but it really, really, really feels like Italian exploitation, um, complete with, you know, wormy corpses and all the rest of it. But yeah, if you can track it down, uh, I, I believe there are still copies uh, in on the Vinegar Syndrome site, so it, it may be in the sale. In fact, I'm sure it will be. I definitely recommend picking up girl school screamers it is an absolute hoot there we go i've done my two what's next from you if you're watching death screams 
There's two reasons. Three. There's three potential reasons that you're watching Death Screams. Number one is you've recently seen Halloween and you're like, this slasher thing sounds like a good idea. I'll check out more of them. And for some reason, Death Screams is the one that you came across first. In which case, my recommendation is for you. Separately, you might be a completist. And I'm not judging you. I own Dario Argento's Phantom of the Opera. Uh, so there's no <laughs> shame in being a completist. Um, in which case, you'll know about the film I'm recommending. And there's no point. Um, I don't remember what the third one was, so we're going to skip that. But my recommendation is, if you're going to watch a, a ropey uh, Friday the 13th slash Halloween ripoff, uh, watch The Burning. Right. The, the, the Burning is the gold standard of bad Friday the 13th ripoffs. And at least it's got Tom Savini doing the special effects. Interesting, yes. And you can also... Go back and listen to our the burning episode. Yeah, which that mates. <laughs> yes, I'm I'm not a fan of the burning, but um, yes, we have quite an interesting say, debate discussion yeah. about it on that episode. That's that's. I'd one say of the, the good I'd ones. say the burning is more objectively unpleasant and mean spirited, yes! offensive <laughs> than death screams. But I'll tell you what, it isn't <laughs> boring as shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you are an enigma, Dan. You truly are. Yes, but it's, I think it's down to how you watch these things. It's really, like so much of it is about context. Like I mm. watched Death Screams for the first time at like eight in the morning in bed. Oh wow, Jesus Christ! Yeah, that is not that's not the way to watch it. Um, On a lovely big telly with a dog, two dogs. Oh, what did uh, what did the two dogs think of it? Uh, Moose uh, didn't watch it uh, either he was too scared from the opening <laughs> scene uh, or he was just tired and climbed under the covers uh, Pig occasionally looked at the screen whenever there was like a loud noise but as it was devoid of rocket ships and monkeys uh, and there were no barking dogs he was not into it well like father like son I guess but yeah yeah I just I just look is it too much to ask I want monkeys in human clothes <laughs> I want dogs barking and I want fucking rocket ships there you go well let's... where is where is my link in space sequel well look you know we're doing the giant claw next time so I suspect that um, that comes closer to what you enjoy Dan but let's see <laughs> I, in fact spoiler alert I know that Dan loves the giant claw because it's his choice and we watched it together for the first time so um, yeah tune in for that next time but be- as we go down into the fucking trash cinema podcast it- which we've turned into now apparently exactly but before we do that Dan uh, what have you been watching over the past couple of weeks no, you've got a third based on. Give me that. Oh, uh, it was just going to be Nightmare Weekend because. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I noticed on your social media that you watched that the other day. Exactly. I, I have basically I used to keep my watches secret because a lot of it is in yeah. preparation for the podcast. So, like yeah, you yeah. know, I'll go through slasher periods where we're, when we're doing a slasher or whatever. And Nightmare Weekend yeah. isn't strictly a slasher, just in the way that Death Screams isn't strictly a slasher. But holy fucking shit, it is absolutely insane. Infinitely more entertaining than Death Screams, which I did enjoy. But you do need to kind of steal yourself for an hour and a half. And sometimes that hour and a half feels like four hours of saying, well, what the fuck's happening now? Like, <laughs> um, so yeah, that's a very accurate. Yeah, if you do, if you do enjoy watching stuff for the the sheer bonkers entertainment value, and that's why you've picked up Death Screams, and you're perhaps feeling a bit disappointed because a lot of it is just talking until that crazy 
um, last 10 minutes or so, then by all means, pick up Nightmare Weekend. It's another Vinegar Syndrome release and um, it is mental from start to finish. It's Yeah, it's an absolute treat. Do you want to know a fun fact about uh, Nightmare Weekend, Sam? Oh, always. It's been remade. As what? Possessor. Right. How so? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I mean, if you remember, I don't know how well you remember Possessor, but you remember the doll that the son is programming. Yes, in... yes, yeah. yes. That was literally based on the doll from Nightmare Weekend. That is fucking incredible. Um, yeah, I mean, Brandon would like do a nice smile and a nod, uh, but Karim would regularly tell me during pre-production how, <laughs> how Possessor was basically a remake of Nightmare Weekend. There you go. Well, you heard it here first. That is fucking incredible. You see? And it was Karim who showed it to me first during preparation for Possessor. Oh, wow. Oh, that's interesting. So did you, you sit down and watch it with him? Yeah. And what was that experience like? I mean, I don't know how well you know Karim, but Karim is an amazing effervescent man, and <laughs> watching anything weird with him is a delight. Yeah, no, I know Karim. Um, he's a lovely, lovely, sweet, very open, n- yeah. nice person, basically. So yeah, he's yeah, an absolute sweetheart of a man. But he loves this trash. <laughs> oh, fantastic! Well, um, so do I, and that is a huge recommendation. Uh, now, also for fans of Possessor, I guess. So. Um, multi-layered yeah multi-layered let's go into what we've been watching over the past couple of weeks dan what have you got for us oh sam you're gonna fucking love this uh i uh i was doing a dig through some val guest stuff oh yeah guest oh yeah 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 Yeah, so i was doing a dig through some val guest stuff and i found it like you know pretty prolific uh both as a writer and slightly less so but also as a director and uh i mean aside from all the like the sort of sex comedies and the richmore crompton adaptations <laughs> there was a whole bunch of stuff i was like super into checking out um and one of the ones that i settled on was from 1962 i'd never even heard of it before it's on youtube in its entirety it doesn't seem to have a physical release anywhere so please someone because i want this in high definition it's called Jigsaw. Have you seen this, Sam? I haven't, no. No, I've recommended it to a bunch of people and no one has seen it. Most people haven't even heard of it. So it's a black and white, Brighton and Hove-based procedural murder mystery. Wow. With with one of the best scripts. The dialogue in this film is fucking amazing. I did a bit of digging about online and there seems to be a bit of conjecture that maybe the character in this is who Morse was based on. It's absolutely amazing basically uh, a young woman's you, you see the build-up to the murder at the beginning but it's all shots sort of like over the shoulder of the killer so you don't see the killer but a young woman is killed in a sort of seaside house in brighton like out of the way by a man she had been in bed with and then it's down to the police to to sort of slowly chip away at it and the uh, the the writer of the novel that it's based on, I think it was originally set in the States, basically said they were sick and tired of detective stories where like, the police just kind of bumble along from neatly placed corpse to neatly placed corpse, and they wanted it to be like a, to see the actual like working out and, the, and the, the proper fucking hard work that goes into solving a murder mystery like this. And it's so fucking good. Honestly, like the the ending's great. The, the poster has one of those sort of like inflammatory, you'll never, we dare you to guess the ending. <laughs> But but actually, just as a as a piece of work, like the, every single character in it is so rich. Everyone's got backstory. Everyone's got like wants and needs, desires, all that kind of stuff. It's really really well put together. But the actual dialogue, the back and forth, is scintillating. 
yeah, it's it's like I said, uh, Jigsaw from 1962 for our guest. Uh, there's like two versions of it on YouTube, both of which are in the entire in their entirety. It starts out very dark, and the compression feels very blocky. It improves in quality dramatically after the first like minute and a half. Cool, excellent, nice one. Well, um, yeah, such a treat. Best film I've seen in a long time. Well, that one is easily accessible. So um, why don't you? precious arrowhead watch it and tweet dan about it because that really does sound like an absolute treat so um yeah i'll try and tweet out the link when this goes up perfect right first from me uh based on the past couple of weeks is uh, a wonderful wonderful blu-ray which will be my release of the year uh, probably unless something really special comes in in the last month or so it is new york ninja uh from vinegar syndrome and this is a very very special kind of project very special release and the reason i talk about in such glowing terms is that it shouldn't exist and it wouldn't exist if it wasn't for vinegar syndrome basically they bought out a library of of movies and there was a bunch of kind of film reels on a stack and they were told by the company you can take it or we can just throw it away you know there's no sound it's not finished it's just a bunch of kind of footage basically on reels and yeah they took it away they watched it they were very excited by what they saw and they decided to finish it Uh, I'm not going to go too much further into the story of the making of it because that's a spoiler for a really great documentary that's on the disc which goes over the complete history of this movie. Tonally, it's like Troma meets Samurai Cop meets uh, an actual kind of 80s action movie. It is absolutely bizarre. And part of what makes it so bizarre is that all the dialogue is ADR and a lot of kind of exploitation stars have been hired by Vinegar Syndrome to perform the dialogue even though they've used it in their marketing I'm actually not going to go into the voices that do appear because part of the pleasure of it is going hang on a minute is that (laughs) yeah and and normally it is that kind of unlikely but super awesome and cool person I absolutely love this I don't know if it's one that you can enjoy on your own, Dan. I think I'm starting to buy into that belief of yours because Shay and I absolutely laughed and punched the sky and rewound moments and muttered, this is the greatest film ever made throughout the duration of New York Ninja. It's just so much fun and so ridiculous. I think some people are waiting for it to appear in the Vinegar Syndrome sale. I'm not sure if it will be in that sale, but it is so worth getting before it sells out. It comes in a beautiful box, really lovely booklet. And yeah, it's a clear, clear labour of love from the moment they scan the negative to the moment it kind of arrives at your house. Every element of this release has been a clear labour of love. And it arrived so quickly as well. It's almost as if they couldn't wait to send it out um, when we ordered it, um, when when Shay ordered it. 
So yeah, New York Ninja, I couldn't recommend it more. It is just such a blast, so much fun. And like I say, it probably will be my film of the year um, when we get round to end of the year stuff. Um, Dan, have you ordered New York Ninja yet? I know you are interested in it. I have it on pre-order because it's going to be shipped with a load of stuff I have that Ah, is not released yet. Got it. Because I've got Flesh of Frankenstein. I'm waiting for that to come before everything ships. Oh, awesome. Um, When you you were saying the list of things, it was like a cross between Troma and Samurai Cop. I thought you were going to mention Hercules Returns. (laughs) It's like a lot of wild stuff, but it's also very much its own thing. Like, it's reminiscent of all of those kind of bad fun movies, but... It's very, very unique, possibly because of the way it was constructed. But good God, Dan, you are going to fucking love it. I can't wait to to hear what you think about it. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I, have a, I have a friend I watched Trash Cinema with, and a little while ago, after he left, after coming around to watch a particularly weird movie, um, Jen said to me, you know, uh, you know, he said, in all the time you've like known each other, he's never chosen the film. <laughs> And my brain instantly split into two, and half of my brain was like, oh my god, have I been inflicting things on <laughs> my friend? But then the other half of my brain went, well, you don't go to the fucking Tate and complain that they're not showing your drawings. I mean, that's very true, Dan. I like that very much. That should be... I'm not sure if it can be written on your grave, but if there's a way of paraphrasing that so it makes sense to visitors to your gravesite in, you know, a thousand years time, then I would appreciate if if you somehow maybe this podcast is enough of a legacy, actually. But Yeah, I'm sorry, Sam. I know I already have my gravestone picked out and it just says memory, Edwin Glasgow. <laughs> I love it. All right, Dan, what's next from you or first from you or whatever it is at this point? Second, recording, second from me. Yeah, second from you. Me. I'm recording this very early in the morning, precious arrowheads. Well, you know. We've shifted our record time a little bit by nature of geography. And uh, yeah, exactly. The the old time difference means that I'm now recording in the morning and Dan's recording in the evening. So while he's um, jolly, I am still processing my first coffee of the morning. So uh, bear with me. Normal service will be resumed. But Dan, what is next from you? From 1981, it's Hungary's first animated feature, uh, available on Blu-ray in the States. Uh, I think it's region locked, though, so good luck. Uh, Arbelos is the studio that released it. Uh, It's called uh, Son of the White Mare by Marcel Janovic. Dan, Um, Dan, you are not going to fucking believe this. You are not. What's your next recommendation? (laughs) Well, it's it's going to change now because um, <laughs> we we rented this from Movie Madness this week. That is that is oh, it's a, insane. It's a treat, isn't it? Uh, it's gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. But yeah, I'll shut yeah. up. You you tell us what you thought of of this beautiful movie. Oh, absolutely jam packed with allegorical beauty, as yonic as anything you could imagine. It's a creation myth. It's sort of semi-Arthurian in its structure. It's an absolute delight. Yeah, beautiful stylized Hungarian animation um, about, oh my God, royal bloodlines and magic and a lot of things that look like vaginas. <laughs> yeah, uh, I second that. That's a great, great pick. Um, well, partly because I was also going to talk about it. <laughs> Instead, I will scramble and recommend The Kid with the Golden Arm, um, nice. which I saw on the big screen for the first time uh, because uh, there's a, a 
a Kung Fu Tuesdays uh, regular season at the Hollywood Theatre in Portland, Oregon. I spoke to the guy that runs it after the movie because, you know, I was uh, hopped up on adrenaline because it was just, it was his print. It's from his collection. We saw it on 35 and... Wow. Yeah, exactly. I can't describe the thrill of seeing the slightly skippy, very scratchy, but absolutely beautiful and glorious print on just a massive, massive screen. And so, yeah, I asked him, you know, what he's doing next. And apparently he's got something very exciting planned for December. So keep an eye out for that um, if you're in Portland or, or the, the kind of local area. But for anyone that isn't in portland and wasn't able to see it on the big screen i still recommend hunting out the kid with the golden arm it is top tier shaw brothers um it's great it's it's absolutely preposterous and it has potentially the greatest final line in cinema history um so yeah i'm obviously not going to spoil that just go out and watch it and let's hope that arrow puts it out on an upcoming wave of shaw brothers releases like their next box set who knows what that's going to contain because obviously the first box set has quite a wide range of stuff i don't think i could have predicted what was going to be on their their shaw brothers box set because it is such a wide range of of stuff but let's see i'd like to see the kid with the golden arm on glorious blu-ray as soon as possible but yeah if you can find it on one of those celestial dvds then um yeah massive recommendation absolutely great all right well uh should we go into extra features extra features extra features extra features i have no extra features i have one extra feature oh let's hear it i'd like to recommend hercules returns (laughs) (laughs) ah yes the mystery is resolved (laughs) uh hercules returns is an early 90s australian comedy uh, set in a movie theatre uh, about some people putting on a movie, like they've opened the movie theatre their opening film, their inaugural film, obviously all their success hinges on how well the night goes, it's been a very long time since I've seen this, and they decide that they're going to open with the film that the was the last film that the theatre showed before it closed down and they decide to show uh, a movie called I don't remember if this is the title of the real film that they bought to make this movie or if this is the name of the film as it's presented in the movie. But I think the original film was a was a Samson movie, Samson and His Mighty Challenge. But anyway, so they're going to play this movie and it hasn't got any subtitles and it's in Italian and they're like, well, fuck, everyone's going to walk out. So they decide to live improv the soundtrack to the entire film for the audience. And as far as I remember, that's most of the film. Excellent. Yeah, I mean, that that would be a perfect pairing with New York Ninja. Um, So, yeah, I like it a lot. And did you say that you saw that on Blu-ray or um, what? No, I just remembered it when you were talking. Oh, I see. (laughs) That's your extra feature. Brilliant. Okay, love it. All right. Well, uh, that's probably it. Unless you have more to say about Hercules Returns, Dan. No, that's it. I don't know how well it stands up. It might be super offensive. I haven't seen it in like 25 years. <laughs> okay, excellent. I think that's going to be it for this episode. As we mentioned earlier, next time we're going to be doing The Giant Claw, which I am looking forward to. And yeah, until then, thank you so much for listening. And we... Oh, we need to do social media. Oh, God, yeah. Okay. 
But uh, before we say our goodbyes, let's do our social media. Dan, how can people stalk you? I'm at 13fingerfx uh, on both Twitter and Instagram. Um, and by the time this goes up, maybe? What's what's Monday date? No, I won't quite know. Never mind. Never mind. I'll say next time. Awesome. <laughs> yes. And if you listen to the June episode, you know exactly what Dan's talking about there. Um Right, you can find me over at Instagram. I am at Sam Ashers23, the number two, the number three. And I have been sharing a lot more of my movie watching habits on Instagram recently. So there's a chance that you'll pick up a recommendation that I haven't mentioned on the show. So by all means, follow me there. But that's it for this episode. Giant Claw next time. Thank you so much for listening. And we promise to be more professional next time bye bye (laughs) bye